Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance, and this is a special author spotlight edition. On this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, um, we are joined and bringing the spotlight on to debut author Lindo Forbes. Welcome to the podcast, Lindo. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, before I read your bio, you actually, um, we donated this author spotlight to the Maui Wildfire um, auction that was put on by Lucy Eden. And, right. um, you know, it's just something little because this is fun and we always like to do what we can to help. And you bid on it and won. <laughs> and now you're stuck with me forever. You didn't know. Say, I had no idea. What a happy coincidence for me because I'm quite thrilled to be stuck with you forever. <laughs> yeah. You cannot get rid of us now. Um, and I adore Lucy Eden. She is like, have you ever t met her or talked to her anything? I've not ever spoken to her, but I've read her books and I could not believe that she didn't like, I know she ended up getting help, but that she had pulled all that together essentially by herself. It was yeah. bananas. Yeah. She is a force. Um, and really, I feel like if you want something done in Romance Landia, you just go to Lucy Eden. Like, Love it. I mean, I've seen videos of her put her those boxes together. Oh, she sells those. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she does it with like her editor and her PA in her Brooklyn apartment. Amazing. So amazing. Um, but I am super excited that you are here with us. Um, like I said, you uh, bid on it, one, and now... Um, I have pulled you into our readathon that we did a couple weeks ago when this podcast drops. And also now you're like stuck with us. Like so exciting. Forever. Thrilled about it. <laughs> That's what she said. I was now. so nervous for you to for you to read my debut novel, The Insufferable Mr. Fletcher. So knowing that you liked it definitely took some of the I, pressure off. I really did. I really liked it. And it it's we'll get into it a little bit too, but one of the things that um, I really like is the dynamic you brought with these characters because they each felt fresh and unique. And sometimes, you know, we read coworkers, boss employee. I, these aren't really enemies to lovers. They're more adversaries. Um, it really, and honestly, it's so funny because whenever somebody asks me, oh, tell me about your book. And I explain, they're like, oh, cute, enemies to lovers. I'm like, no, it's like, it's a one-sided feud. This poor man is being put through it he is not an enemy he's not even he's not even in the field of the war like he's not even on the battlefield he's <laughs> just throwing <laughs> he's still back at base yeah still back <laughs> at base trying to like get a cup of coffee like dude is just yeah. um yeah and there she is like obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and he's like but i just actually can i just get to the kitchen yeah <laughs> Well, and one of the things earlier today, I was trying to explain it to someone. I was like, I really liked him because he didn't feel like a project. He's not a hero that I felt like needed fixing. He just mm. needed to be heard. Like, yes. all the pieces were there. He just needed to be able to communicate better. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, I am very proud to be a part of the romance, like genre romance. I'm proud of what those books do. I'm proud to say that I, like I've joined the ranks of these stories and still neither of my, neither of my dum-dums 
change <laughs> really like at the end of it they haven't really changed so much as they've understood that there's space like they've had to make space for the other one where it wasn't really like junior's not any less like charming and flirty and like she's not any more she's not less opinionated she's not less you know domineering but i think and she Davis gained less... an understanding don't you think that her growth was in her ability to start to understand and recognize that sometimes it's not all about junior that <laughs> yes maybe she does have there, she does have to have that moment bless her there are other the voices show. in the room yeah like i but think are there, sure because junior doesn't think that there are she, any other voices she really room. struggles with that and it's really funny because i'm a lot like junior like i tell everybody <laughs> i'm a princess i own the yeah. room and uh my husband said to me in the car the other day, he's like, you always get your way. You never not get your way. And I'm like, there are sometimes I don't get my way. And he's like, when? And I'm like, sometimes. Just sometimes. 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 Let's, not, let's not dwell on specifics. I said, I said, my coffee's going to, my iced coffee's going to melt. We have to go inside now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about this anymore. Yeah. I just mean in the sense of often there is like a... A giant growth and with Davis and Junior what they had to overcome was their inability to like you said to communicate like they had a hard time saying exactly what they wanted to each other and still not being heard yeah the thing is is because so this is a little bit lighter it's more of a rom-com um I don't expect these huge emotional growths in a rom-com romance I want more oh, of the good. real life, the real life realizations is what I want in these kind of books. Yes. Because this book was light and fluffy. And to be honest, right now in my life, this was the book I needed. I needed the joy that Junior brings us and that Davis kind of wants, he thinks, he's sure, but <laughs> maybe... His indecisiveness is super attractive. And I don't know that I would say that about any other character. I know, bless him. And it's so funny because when I first conceived Davis, he was way more like stern and buttoned down and like whatever. But then as I got to know him, which sounds ridiculous because I invented him, but as I got to know him, um, it became clear that Actually, he's just a big old goofball who has to put that on, has to put that stern and like, because he's constantly trying to prove, no, no, like wh where I come from and how I grew up and, and my, my challenges to get here do not define me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it also shows, he showed his layers. Like he could have just been the pretty boy in the room, um, yes. but because of his indecisiveness and where he has to move and the things he has to do when he puts on, it shows his layers as a character. And again, we get that real life character arc and development that you can see yourself in or see your partner in, which sometimes I like in romance. And it was fun to, to fill their world with people like foils for them. You know, it was really fun to fill their world and to say, Oh, well, Junior has these friends and now Davis has some of the same friends, but he came to those friendships organically, right? Like he didn't 
gain them in the relationship and then lose them in the divorce, right? Like he became friends with some of her friends all by himself. And so to see those people sort of in the middle of like, no, Demi, like, it's fine. Just date him. Who cares? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, these two characters do like to get in their way a lot. Yes. They, They get in their own way. Um, and there are moments where I'm just like, could, could we just like not be dumb for two minutes? Just two minutes, two minutes make not dumb choices. And it's not dumb choices as much as get out of your head. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. So one of the great things about this book is Junior's character. And she has a lot of rich culture. And who she is, she's Afro-Latino, and she's beautiful. Like, And I love your cover. I'm obsessed with your cover. Um, Thank you. And w- so for you to write that, are you – and you are a BIPOC author, which, you know, um, kudos for you because it's hard to come into an industry that is so white-dominated and you to be like, I'm putting my story, and this is my story, and here it is. Read it, people. And I'm serious, guys. Read it, people. <laughs> Um, but did you put a little bit of yourself into junior? Um, the parts of the parts of me that are in juniors that we share the identity of being Panamanian. I, I'm, my father is Panamanian, so I'm only half Latina. Um, but I gave junior that I gave her being someone who has very strong ties to Latin America, being a Central American, like first generation Canadian of Central American descent, um, but who is black, not mixed, not biracial, not just a black woman who has Latin American roots. And so we share that and we share like big family, loud, chaotic, big, loving family. We have that. but everything else, like Junior has two Panamanian parents. I only have one. Junior grew up speaking Spanish in a way that I did not. I mostly answered in English when my father, I mean, even to this day, my dad leans into me and like, cause he'll just whisper in Spanish cause he likes to talk shit about people around us in Spanish. So, so it's not like I don't understand and the words weren't spoken to me, but I just always answered in English. So Junior grew up with all four of her Panamanian grandparents, you know, speaking, well, sorry, with three of them, because one of her grandparents died before she was born, but, you know, speaking the language and having grandparents around and doing that. So she has more connection to that culture than I do personally, but I did give her that specifically for that reason. It was really intriguing to me because all cultures, um, I'm just very intrigued by culture and the family dynamics, because I do not have a big family and I don't, and what little family I have is not an overly close family. Um, and so I find it incredibly enchanting, but I'm so curious about large, big, loud families and that dynamic and how it kind of shapes who you are. And I think for junior, that's why she was able to be so charming and so flirtatious into the world because she'd been charming this very large population of family. Yeah. And it's also something that I was adamant to show. I'm very, very Canadian, very, very much from Toronto. And this is normal to me to be surrounded by lots of first generation people where 
everybody that I grew up with had at least one grandparent at home who either did not speak English at all or spoke English with a very heavy accent, whether that accent be Scottish or Greek or Philippine, like, but there was a grandparent at home with a very strong accent. Yeah. So it was important to me to sort of show that, that Junior is Canadian and she's proudly Canadian and still has this other thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. My husband's grandmother immigrated from Australia. And Mm -hmm. while I adored her accent, I always wondered, you know, what would that have been like as a kid to have your grandmother who has just a little bit different accent or um, than everybody else? I mean, she was this sweet little Irish Australian lady that, you know, drank tea and charmed Fabulous. Oh, she was she was a goddess like this lady could not say enough nice things about her. Um, Amazing. So charming. Uh, but so Canadian, the book takes place in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I said something before we started recording. I forget often that Toronto is kind of a hub for the film and TV industry because the backdrop of this uh, book is kind of, I took it to be like an epic fantasy, like Game of Thrones-ish yeah, serial. I, I, yeah, I thought of it as sort of like an urban fantasy. Okay. I I wrote out the outline of four four seasons of this show because the <laughs> earlier drafts the earlier drafts had more of the making of it, and okay. I quickly moved away from that because making TV is very boring. <laughs> do you work I in quickly, TV like on your day job? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're like so, totally in it. Yeah. So I was like making TV, like reading about going on survey and a production meeting and like that is boring. So let us move quickly away from the nitty gritty of making TV and let's just gloss over. (laughs) It's a TV show. There's witches and body snatching and, and that's, there's a, there's a mystic, a fantasy type vibe. Um, But again, it brought up and made me remember that Toronto is this hub for the movie industry. And it was, it's interesting because I love a Hollywood norm romance, like movie star, you know, falls in love with the mechanic or the movie star falls in love with the waitress. Like I'm all for those books, right? Like sign me up. I love them. Um, But I also like the production side, but we don't get a ton of Hollywood-esque starlet type romances set in Toronto, in Canada. And now I want to know why. I don't know why. There, it's uh, uh, Lily Chu has one where uh, it's called The Stand-In. Oh, and yeah. I think that there are two very, like, hugely famous Chinese um, stars. And our hero, the, the Toronto girl, looks like the one. So they hire her and then hijinks ensue. Um, but even then, it's not really... It's more about the famous person and not about actual, you know, the making of, of yeah. the TV show. I loved it. I thought it was great. And it was, it felt fresh and new. Um, and I'm all for innovative new thoughts on romance. And that was something else different you did in this book. And we talked about a little bit over on Readathon about miscommunication in those dark moments. And I wouldn't say that Davis... And Junior, they don't have a breakup, right? You wouldn't say it's a third act breakup. No, what I would say 
is that it's a dark moment, but it's it more a of a moment. realization. Yes. And that because of the way they got together, which was Davis standing still and waiting for Junior to land, right? Like just staying still and waiting for her to let him in. And he did that for the majority of their relationship so that when she finally pushes too far, he pushes back. And in that is where their dark moment comes from. Yeah. And I, I, again, it felt fresh and innovative. And I really liked that you did that because I am pro third act breakup, but this book didn't need one. This book didn't need one because you gave me enough emotion and enough push that I knew choices were going to have to be made. Yes. And I liked that. And that, and that for the most part, I mean, this is definitely, it's told in dual POV, but it's junior story. And in as much as I tried to make Davis as like real and fleshed out and, and um, relatable as I could, it's about junior. So she needed to, like, she needed the come to Jesus moment. Like she needed to figure some things out. She needed to accept some things and that's where that uh the dark moment comes from so the insufferable mr fletcher comes out on december 5th what mm-hmm. is the scariest part of all of this for you what has been like oh. the scariest thing for for you in this well aside from my colleagues reading it and then being like is that about lisa like <laughs> <laughs> And it's not, but like, aside from that fun that I'm going to walk into, um, it's just being perceived. It's weird. You know, like I wrote this as a, as a challenge to myself and so now putting it out there and having people read it and then having people have opinions about it. And listen, I am a reader. Like I read at least 300 titles a year. I have read books that I don't like. I don't think everybody's going to love this. It's not pizza. I'm ready for people to just not like it you're allowed to not like it it's just very weird to be perceived in this fashion what is the best thing that this experience has given you i'm going to be perceived for being a writer that you're a writer now you're an author i'm an author lindo forbes wrote a book and she is a published author that's right y'all i mean god god knows that was not the plan <laughs> Well, but I've got, you know, I've got book two. It's almost the first draft of book two is almost done. And I've got an outline for book three. So it's so awesome. Guess what, Becky? You said you didn't want rid of me. And now you are not going to be rid of me. I I'm here for the long haul. I'm, you know, to me, it is so amazing. It gives me chills because I cannot write the words. I am not an author. I will fix your words. I will help your story. That's where my gift is. The knowledge I have of the genre, of the reader, um, that's my gift into the world. But authors, I have this awe of what you can do and the narrative you can write, the worlds that you can build, the descriptions that you can give. Because, like, I, I always think it's weird when we do, like, our quick shots with book review ones and we start talking about these characters like they're real people. You know, and I think people listen to this and they must think we are insane. Like, I'm still holding a grudge against a character I read two and a half years ago. Would you like to know some of my grudges? I would love to hear your grudges. TK Knight can get these hands. 
piece from Alexa Martin's, oh, I can't remember which one, Fumbled or... Yeah, isn't that book two? Book two. That's the secret baby, right? He never says sorry to Poppy. He never does. He doesn't. I just did a reread of that series because someone was like, he has Travis Kelsey vibes from the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey Mm. kind of romance that's happening right now. And I was like, does he... I wouldn't say that. And I I was in for the whole thing. I understood how it came to be that the baby was a secret. Like, I was in the whole way. I even understood why he reacted the way he did when she said, okay, I gotta tell you something. Uh-uh, I have a kid and it's yours. And I was like, girl, what? Like, all of that was fine. Yeah. But he called that woman everything but a child of God. And he never said sorry. Yeah. Trevor Kyle Knight. Listen, sir. You uh, should also- send Alexis a message <laughs> and be like, sister, I need you to know he and I fisticuffs. Duel mm-hmm. and Don. And then Denise Williams, how to fail at flirting. Her she has a character named Davis. Her Davis is a bad guy. And I can't remember the love interest name, but I'm mad at him because sorry, spoiler if you haven't read it, it is a delightful book. At the end, there is some very very dubious consent business going on and he gets caught the bad guy davis gets caught basically attempting to assault our hero and her the love interest comes around the corner and says don't like how could you touch her but at no point does he say no means no because that was the bad davis's argument was like well she said it was okay like she said yes she was all over me and at no point did he say it doesn't matter if she was all over you i heard her say no you should have stopped dude the fuck? Yeah. So I think Denise Williams likes to kind of toy with our emotions a little bit in her books because right. fastest way to fall. Mm-hmm. Like the hero in that book, I want his, I think is Wes. Wes is the hero in that book. And he's kind of playing hidden identity. Like he's the owner of the app, but also training the heroine. Have you read that one? I started it. Yes. He... He makes me so mad because I was like, oh, he's like this really cute cinnamon roll. But then in the end, he kind of was a bit of a douche. And it was like, mister, mister, Mm -hmm. please, Mm -hmm. sir, could you? I love the book. I really enjoyed the book. And Teddy Hamilton is the narrator. And I can't think of who the female narrator is, but she was. It's usually January Lavoie. She was amazing. I'm going to look because I. Najama Karma. Oh, okay, because usually January Lavoie narrates um, Denise's books, and January's amazing. Yeah, Najama Karma, she's very good, too. Very good. Um, yeah, she just, it was just like, he kind of was an ass. So I'm just saying, I understand the whole, these people are not real. <laughs> Madam, stop being angry at fictional people. I won't. No. I will not. No. I say nay. They deserve my ire. You know, else deserves my ire? Fitz. He was awful to Millie. Uh, it's Terry Thomas's tempting the heiress, something the heiress. The historical. And they, he was in love with someone else. He's impoverished Earl. She's the tin goods heiress. Uh, yeah, he's another one. Fitz. He can get it. He can take it. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to punch him right in his aristocratic nose. 
I have more than once messaged an author and been like, I'm really pissed off you. There's one author, um, Lexi Ryan. I loved the heroine in the hero in her first book of her Jackson Brothers series. Like, I loved them. It was a runaway bride, a nanny romance. He was swoony. He was so good. But part of the reason that she ends up being a nanny for him is her sister's the one who actually took the job. But her sister slept with the sister's groom that she ran away from and ended up pregnant by the groom. And they told her right before the wedding and she ran away and took the nanny job for her twin sister. In the final book in that series, the author gives a redemption arc to the sister that slept with the groom. No, thank you. And in the end, but in the end, I hated the first couple because the sister did everything they asked her to do and more. And she asked for no help. Like she was doing it all. She was paying her penance. She said her sorries. She said what had happened and young and naive and got taken advantage of and and paid the price and the sister and the husband at that point were not kind to her and were not like swoony like completely unforgiving and almost like mean to her to the point that they were ruining things that were possible good for her in her life and i'm like i i emailed lexi ryan and i'm like friend we have a problem (laughs) And she's like, Becky, what's going on? And I was like, I'm really mad at you. And she's like, oh, my God, what did I do? I was like, you made me like them and hate them. And I'm really upset about this. And she's like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, it's just it's one of those. I I like a redemption arc. But when you make me love the villain and turn the good guys into the bad guy, I don't know how I feel about all that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know what you should do, Becky, to make yourself feel better? Get yourself a nice something to drink, curl up the book, and that'll make it better. It will make it feel better. I'm reading all these fun holiday romances, like these little novellas. I love this time of year and all the little surprise releases that we Mm -hmm. get this time of year. They're so fun. They're so fun. But the inseparable Mr. Fletcher also brought very good, happy, warm, fuzzy couch vibes. So people should check that out. Welcome. Um, okay, so Mr. Fletcher is out December 5th. It's a close proximity co-workers, rivals to lovers. Opposites attract romance. What is next? Because I'm not giving you time to sleep. No. Next, we follow Lee, who is one of Junior's best friends, as she tumbles into a relationship with a younger man. So Lee's whole thing is that she has always 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 been the responsible one so that when she meets Quincy who is I believe 12 years her junior she's like that is irresponsible uh it that does not make any sense for me to pursue anything with you young man thank you for your interest it's very flattering but I bid you good day <laughs> and so we follow we follow Lee as she tries to figure all those pieces out and of course Junior shows up and says get a girl because junior still happily in love with davis is a hedonist at heart which i love which i absolutely love (laughs) um lindo thank you so much for coming on and talking about the insufferable mr fletcher with me thank you for uh including me now in your web of 
of romance. You're so welcome. You can never escape the chaos once you're in your stuck. Love it. Um, like I said, everybody, you can find the insufferable the insufferable Mr. Fletcher wherever you buy books. Um, and Lindo has followings on social media and on uh, Amazon. And I will link all of those in our on the shelf show notes. Uh, yeah. And I'm at Lindo Forbes at most, like it's the most. same, the same handle at most of them. Yep. I have a list. It'll be in all of our show notes. So you can go over and follow her and get signed up for all the things. Um Until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.